Palestine Report on Sabah Muslim with Maulana Ibrahim Musa. Maulana, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Maulana. Israeli threats to invade Rafah, what's the latest there? So it's all eyes on Rafah as many campaigns uh, are running at the moment. We know that 1.4 million Palestinians at least are crammed into this area, which uh, is usually just one, uh, you know, one fifth of the size of Gaza in total and usually just houses around 250,000 Palestinians. And uh, the situations for Palestinians inside Rafah is increasingly desperate. Uh, people uh, are scrambling for resources. Uh, there's not enough space. And there's, you know, even reports here that I've seen where uh, some Palestinians are taking their families and living in chicken cages mm. because there's just uh, not enough space or not enough tents for people to reside in. While all of this is happening, uh, Morana, we have uh, Netanyahu upping the ante saying that Israel is going to fight until it reaches a total victory and that also includes a full-scale operation in Rafah. And he responded to criticism from people around the world saying that Israel cannot operate in such a crowded area like Rafah saying that anybody who says that is telling us that we should lose the war and I'm not going to give a hand to that. But it's not only coming from Netanyahu, you've got Benny Gantz uh, threatening yesterday that uh, his his army would uh, invade Rafah even if it happens in the month of Ramadan. Uh, he says that Hamas has a choice. They can surrender, release the hostages, and in this way, the citizens of Gaza can celebrate the holy uh, holy holiday, as he called it, of Ramadan. I don't know how one would be able to celebrate anything in these circumstances. And uh, he says that if uh, by Ramadan our hostages are not home, the fighting will be extended to Rafah. So that's the talk coming from the Israelis. Uh, Egypt has obviously been talking strongly also recently saying that if anything happens in Rafah, our peace treaty with the Israelis could be in jeopardy. But we have analysts saying that these kind of statements coming from the Egyptians are only for public media consumption. What really matters regarding the Egyptian stance is what is happening behind closed doors in intelligence coordination meetings and in, in, in other capitals. And this is where we see what the Egyptians are actually doing on the ground. That should actually be more important to consider. And there are now extremely strong signals that Egypt has already reached a semi-finalized agreement on receiving the Palestinians of Gaza in Egyptian territory, either in part or in full. And what has given credence to this is a satellite imagery released uh, within the week that showed that the Egyptians are building a concrete wall and a kind of buffer zone within Sinai to be able to receive probably up to 100,000 Palestinians. And this gives credence to the idea that was floated from the beginning that a new Nakba idea uh, has been the objective of this operation from the, from the very beginning. Given that the Egyptians are doing this, how do Palestinians on the ground under such pressure respond to this? Uh, we've got kind of unanimous sentiments by so many Palestinians saying that if a ground invasion begins in Rafah, they are not going anywhere else. We've been displaced so many times and uh, that we're not going any, any way further. Some Palestinians are actually moving further north 
coming towards the center areas of Gaza, even if the homes are demolished, going to these areas, uh, saying that we are not going any further uh, south. Uh, if we go any further, some have actually said uh, the next place we are going is, is, is our graves. But the, the, there's also a question uh, we should ask here, Morana, is whether all this uh, Israeli talk could also be bluster. Do they really intend to attack uh, Rafah, or is this just uh, political talk uh, and public talk from Netanyahu and his ministers? Uh, because the Israelis, to be able to carry out such an operation, need a lot of reservists. They have demobilized so many reservists in the past week, so they don't actually have the forces to continue uh, this particular battle. And all the talk about Rafah, also obscures the fact that the Israelis are very much busy and have their hands tied in other parts of Gaza, be it the north, be it the center, and uh, the, the, the Israeli army is still very much focused on, on Khan Yunus uh, and uh, other parts of Gaza City and central Gaza, uh, which means that uh, for them to actually embark on another phase of this operation would still require much, much more time before they can even talk about that. Now, Israel is seeking to bar many Palestinians from Masjid al-Aqsa in Ramadan. Yeah, this is coming from, uh, you know, the, the arch enemy of Masjid al-Aqsa, the, uh, the minister Itamar Ben-Gavir. Uh, on Saturday, he called for a ban of Palestinians from the uh, Palestinian territories coming to Masjid al-Aqsa during Ramadan. He's also uh, proposed that Palestinians from within 1948 Palestine, uh, they only Palestinians uh, above 70 years of age could visit uh, Masjid al-Aqsa. There's also a separate proposal that uh, Israeli security forces uh, deploy quite heavily throughout the month of Ramadan inside Masjid al-Aqsa. Uh, this is obviously going to serve the purpose of inflaming tensions yet further uh, and uh, uh, we've got talk from within the the israeli security establishment so uh, some as some are obviously going along with ben gavir uh, netanyahu included others are saying that uh, we are entering the Ramadan period very badly. It's going to be dramatic. It's going to uh, make things spill over yet further if such measures are taken. And uh, many are saying that Ben Gavir, as he has done in previous Ramadans, wants to light the situation up by such measures inside Masjid al-Aqsa. Uh, and the United States apparently is also quite concerned about this. Uh, Washington fears that uh, Ben Gavir wants to drag al-Aqsa into this uh, this, this, this war yet further and the United States is apparently worried that Ben Gavir is planning to visit Al-Aqsa again in Ramadan and all of this just uh, points to the fact that uh, you, you know there's no appetite for actually containing issues from the uh, likes of Ben Gavir and they have learned nothing if Al-Aqsa flood was enacted upon by Hamas for the uh, purpose of uh, one of the purposes of protecting Masjid al-Aqsa and here once again you're seeking to inflame things at Masjid al-Aqsa uh, it just shows that uh, there's a great short-sightedness from the side of the Israelis and then Palestine comes before the ICJ again uh, absolutely, Mora. We've got the uh, International Court of Justice uh, this week, starting today, uh, with public hearings to consider the legality of the Israeli control of the West Bank, uh, Gaza and East Jerusalem. 
uh, where this all comes from uh, is uh, a United, General, uh, United Nations General Assembly uh, request in 2022. So before all of this uh, had started, uh, you know, the, the Al-Aqsa flood already in 2022, the UN General Assembly called for a detailed opinion on the legal implications of the continued Israeli occupation of the West Bank and, and East Jerusalem. Uh, and, and basically, to, to simplify this, uh, can this be still considered an occupation? Occupation is usually regarded as something temporary in international law. When something is dragged on for more than 50 years, uh, what, what legal status does it hold? And can it still be considered an occupation or has it moved to another legal category altogether and needs to be dealt with with much more seriousness? So the hearings are going to last for several days. Uh, uh, the details have been published and there's more than 50 countries that are going to uh, p- participate. The Israelis are saying this is extremely sensitive because it comes in the wake of South Africa's uh, case on genocide that is also before the ICJ. It's also uh, just a week before uh, the Israelis are set to provide the court with a report as was required in those provisional measures on what, what, is, what has it done to alleviate the situation in, in Gaza. And uh, while, while the Israelis may talk a different language in public, privately they're saying that if a legal opinion comes out of the court, uh, it's, uh, you know, to, to once again chastise the occupation, uh, it uh, could rule that settlements constitute an international war crime. This could stop countries from selling arms to Israel. It could uh, lead to personal sanctions on settlers and, and so forth. And the fact that all of this is happening, the South African case on the one hand and this on the other hand, uh, means uh, that uh, you, you know the situation could filter from one place to another, so uh, it could move from the legal arena to the international uh, relations arena to the diplomatic ar- arena, and that is why one Israeli analyst says that what happens in the Hague cannot be trivialized, and that uh, the, the damage that could be caused as a result of all these uh, actions coming together could be major to the Israeli state. Well, as always, shukran for your time and for the update. We really appreciate it. That was this week's Palestine Report with Moana Ibrahim Musa.